Open your Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. I was praying the other morning and um, thinking about just, just praying for several different people, a lot of different uh, situations going on and I had a big stack of prayer requests last week that came in and just praying over those needs and just thinking about um, all the people going through times of trouble and suffering and uh, I, was, I was just just kind of before the Lord I just heard this soaring while suffering and I thought soaring while suffering okay what's up with that <laughs> and I just so I, I felt like that the Lord had just dropped it into my heart so I just just meditated upon it and the Lord just really brought this scripture to me in Isaiah 40 chapter 40 verse 31 let's read this together I'm reading from the New International Version it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let's pray together. Father, we just come to you today as a people that need you in every area of our life. Help us not to panic. Help us not to, to just get so overwhelmed that uh, wondering what to do without turning to you. Help us to seek you first and allow you to do your work in our lives and in the circumstances and situations around us. Lord, open our hearts and our minds today. Give us the spirit of wisdom and understanding as we look into your word. And Father, just refresh us, renew us, and just spark that word in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Did you know that an eagle knows when a storm is approaching long before it, the storm even breaks? In fact, um, the eagle will fly to some real high spot and it'll wait for the winds to come. And when the storm hits, it sets uh, its wings so that uh, the wind picks it up and lifts it up above the storm. And while the storm is raging below, the eagle is soaring above it. You know, this, this scripture says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. The Eagle's wings are strong and they're specifically designed so that it has that lift in it. Um, you know, the eagle doesn't escape the storm. It just simply uses the storm to, to rise higher. Now, God's trying to tell us something in this verse in Isaiah that we don't always escape the storms of life, but we can rise higher. We can soar in, uh, while we're suffering or in the time of suffering. Uh, you know, the, the eagle will just rise on the winds that, that bring the storm. And, and when, the, you know, when the storms of life come in our life, uh, all of us are going to experience We can't, no one's going to escape them. You, you can't hide someplace and think that you're not going to have any troubles in your life. Everybody's got troubles. All God's children got troubles. Uh, but, you know, we can rise above the, the, the troubles. We can rise above the difficulties and the circumstances. And we can do that by setting our minds and our hope and our faith toward God. Those who hope in the Lord, those whose expectation, the, the biblical kind of hope is earnest expectation for good. Those who hope, those who are expecting God to uh, work for them will soar on wings like eagles. The Lord's going to renew their strength. And you know, when the, when the eagle begins to soar, it's not having to work. It's just resting. 
and his strength is refreshed and renewed and uh, can see further and can and experience higher uh, things and so you know he just rests upon the storm and lets the storm do the work we got to learn that we need to learn that I don't know about you but I've wore myself out in some storms of life before you know trying to work so hard through it or trying to do this or do that uh, turn to first Peter chapter 1 and let's hear what Peter has to say Peter has a lot to say about suffering so does James you know, it's a topic that we don't want to, we don't like to hear about, but we need to know about it because it happens to all of us. Amen? And you know, we're not Christian scientists that just think that if we don't think about it, that it's not going to happen. You know, um, you know it, storms and suffering happen to all of us in some way or, uh, or another. Somehow, some form or fashion, we will be touched by the storms of life, the suffering if it's an indirect way or directly uh, associated with it, it's going to happen in our life. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Hmm. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Anybody ever been there before? And he says, These have come that your faith, Greater, that's of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. He goes back to, your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And just as he says that, that your faith may be, uh, may be genuine, may be proved genuine, and may result in, it's like praise and glory and honor. It's just kind of almost lifting up. It's, it's almost that rising up, that soaring, going up in that time of trouble, in those trials. And that our faith just rises higher and higher and higher and it results in praise and glory and honor. Wow. If that can happen through a time of suffering, when we learn how to soar while suffering, people, we're going to come out of this thing just refined like gold. There was an old song, a quartet song way back uh, that used to hear the Happy Goodmans sing. I don't know if you, if you even remember them, but they used to uh, sing, I wouldn't take anything, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. That was the name of it. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. You know, and going through all the difficulties and everything, it does, it does make us better. Now, some people, it can make them bitter, but we shouldn't let it make us bitter. We shouldn't let it make us better. But, you know, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I wouldn't take nothing for it. You know, I mean, I thank God for it, but I wouldn't want to go through it again. Well, if we learn the lesson that, that is being taught in that, maybe we won't have to go through it again. Listen to what Job says in chapter 5 of, of his book. You know, we, we know that Job suffered, and, and in fact, we know that he had, he's known for patience. But um, he tells us something, and it really lets us in on the very first thing here. As we look at soaring while suffering, the first step is to be prepared for it. You say, well, how can you prepare if you don't even know what's going to happen? Listen, first of all, what Job says in chapter 5, verse 6. He said, for hardship does not spring from the soil nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. Wow. He said, it's just going to happen. You know, if you're alive and breathing, then trouble is going to happen to you somewhere, some way or another. It, it's, you're, going to, uh, you're going to get hit by it. It just happens. So we need to, it's going to happen, so we need to prepare for it. Hmm. 
Now, whether our suffering is due to, you know, a loss in our family or loneliness or maybe a, a depression, a persecution, a broken relationship, whatever, it really is inescapable. And Paul told Timothy in, in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, he said, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's just going to happen. So if it's going to happen, we need to prepare for it. Well, how do you prepare for something like that? Well, I think that, first of all, that it's a matter of preparing spiritually and uh, by meditating upon his word, taking in the word of God. You know, the TBI students will tell you that, uh, you, that they, tell you, they teach you there to put the word into you when you don't need it so that when you do need it, it'll, you can have it when, how does it say it? It'll come out when you need it? It'll be, yeah, it's there for you when you do need it. Put it in when you don't need it, so it's there for you when you do need it. Take in the word of God. That's the way that we can prepare. It strengthens us. Faith comes by hearing, hearing from the word. You get in the midst of trouble and trial and, and suffering, you're going to need faith. And in fact, uh, Paul mentions, he said, fight the good fight of faith. And it's all really about our faith. It's trying to weaken our faith. Satan, when he attacks, when he brings trials and difficulties in our way, it's tr to try to diminish our faith so we won't trust in God. So maybe we get mad at God. But we need to prepare. So we prepare spiritually by reading and meditating upon his word. You know, not just trying to get through a chapter a day or, you know, so much in the Old Testament and so much in the New Testament. You know, you ever do those Bible readings? You read through the Bible in a year. You know, I used to try to do that and I'd get so frantic. I hadn't got it all in yet. And, and I'd think back, what did I read? I don't know, but I, got it, I checked it off my list. That did a lot of good. It's like one time I was, it's like the Lord just said, you know, if you just memorize one verse, if you just get one verse and get that down, that's better than, you know, checking something off of your list of six or seven chapters. Read the word, meditate upon it. What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What is it, what, how does that affect my life right now? Let it be rich in you. And uh, so you can prepare by reading the word and meditating upon the word. Meditate upon his word day and night is what uh, Joshua is, is told. And then we also prepare emotionally. Look at Philippians chapter 4. I love this chapter. It's the 4 by 4 chapter. It's the one that pulls you out of the, the, the mess. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. And Paul's just, he, he's writing this from prison when he's going through some very difficult times. This is his prison letters. And, and his attitude is just so amazing. He, he says in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Here comes some, it's transcending and we're going up. We're soaring, we're beginning to soar. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Rejoice, he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Not just in the good times, but in the bad. Sometimes it's easy to rejoice, right? That's why we rejoice by choice. You got to choose to rejoice. When there's nothing there to rejoice about, when it looks like everything's falling apart, that's when you choose. You can either choose to either get mad or get glad. You, know, you can be sad or you can be glad and you can, you can choose what attitude you're going to uh, take in the situation. When suffering comes, soar over. Say, so, you know what, I'm, gonna let the, I'm not going to let this thing push me down. I'm not going to let those currents and the storm push me down. An eagle's not like all the other birds. You know, the sparrows and the ravens, they'll hide. They find some place for cover and, and everything. But no, the eagle just rises above it. Takes, he goes on up. He looks forward to the storms. Wow, I don't, I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> 
But uh, it's an attitude. It's how you look at it and, and how you prepare before you even get there. When you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my choice for life. I'm going to be responsible. Responsibility is simply the ability to choose your response. And so we decide, what response am I going to have in this situation and circumstance? And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice and, you know, rejoice. Now, I got a truck stolen one time. I, I remember, I'll never forget, you know, going out, getting ready to go to work. Had all my tools and everything in it. Got ready to get in that truck. and look around and see, I know I parked that right there. Where is that truck? That's a funny feeling. Anybody ever had a vehicle stolen? Strange feeling in it when you go out to look like, I think, I, I know I parked it right here. Now, I remember going through my head, I remember my mom used to say, you know, I have a bicycle wreck or something. She said, well, just, just uh, praise the Lord. You know, she said, just thank you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, I want to thank him. I just get my knee all up. Well, thank you for the bicycle wreck. <laughs> that, that wasn't it at all, you know. I don't praise him that I got my truck stolen. I praise him that he's my supplier. He's my provider when the truck gets stolen. In financial difficulties, I don't praise him for the financial difficulties. I praise him that he's Jehovah Jireh when the financial difficulties come. Amen. When I'm sick, I don't praise him for the sickness. I praise him that he's the healer. Amen. And so we can rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, I rejoice more in times of suffering than I do other times. I have to remind myself to really rejoice in him and praise him when things are going easy than I do when, things, when times are, are difficult. Because at those times, I've conditioned myself to know who is he in this difficult time. You have a broken relationship. You don't praise God for a broken relationship. You praise God that he's the shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, that he's the one that can counsel and lead and direct you out of that situation. Rejoice in him always. And so as we condition ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, when the storm hits, we just rise above it and we begin to soar while suffering. Look at verse 8 there in Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he say? Think about such things. Now, you've got to start conditioning yourself now, even before the suffering happens. You've got to get rid of your stinking thinking. Because the first thing that happens when we go through a trial or a trouble or difficulty, we begin to think about that situation. We begin to think about how bad it is and, oh, poor me. And we feel sorry for ourselves or we get mad at somebody else because it's got to be somebody else's fault that this is happening to me. Or we get mad at God. And so we begin to think about this and we think about that, which pulls us down. Have you ever been there? And the more you think about that, the lower you get. And you just get pushed down by that storm. Well, we've got to get rid of that. And, he, and Paul says, hey, don't think about those things. Think about these things. Think about him. Think about the word of God. Think about that he's the one that rescues us. He says, whatever's true. Well, I know that the word of God's true, so why don't we think about the word of God? I know that the Lord Jesus Christ is true, so I'm going to think about him. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. I can tell you that those characteristics usually aren't found in the trouble or the trial or the suffering they're above the suffering and that's what we got to think about so we got to rise above those things and when that's happening then we do have this attitude of calm assurance and peace Paul said let your gentleness be known to all people looking at you say, how can you have such peace when all this is falling apart oh man it's not me 
You know, I just know who's holding me up. <laughs> I just, I know where my strength comes from. My help comes from the Lord. That's what the psalmist said. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul said, you've seen me, and he's in prison writing this from a dungeon cell. You didn't have you know, air conditioning and television in the prisons back then. It's a mess. And he said, you know, and you've seen me. You've been around me. And whatever you've learned from me, then, hey, put it into practice. You do it. We need to be an example to other people around us so when they go through a trial or tribulation that they can see that and say, you know what? God did that for them. He can do it for me. Some of the most encouraging things that, uh, things that have encouraged me the most, I guess, when I've gone through some suffering is when I look around and I hear somebody say, you know what God did for me when, when that was happening in my life? He just took care of me. Or, and they begin to share how God watched over them, took care of them in that trial or tribulation. That encouraged me. I thought, wow, I'm not the only one. Somebody else has had a, a problem like this? That's kind of encouraging. It's not like, ha, 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 I'm glad they had some problems too. No, it's like, hey, I'm not the only one here. Other people have problems. Other people have some difficulties. And if God did it for them, he can do it for me. So we, we prepare spiritually by taking in the word of God, meditating upon it, and finding the reality of it. And by preparing our attitude, get a new attitude. Watch what you say. You know, have you ever noticed like, Every time there's just red lights, you just come to a red light, you come to a red light, you come to a red light. Hey, they're, green. they're as much green as they are red. And you know, if I'm in a hurry, it's like they always talk, oh, another red light. Well, I didn't count how many green ones I came through. It's just that one red light, you know. So, you know, why don't you just rejoice when you go through a green light and keep on rejoicing while you're sitting there at that one, that, that stop light, yeah. You know, we ought to call them go lights. <laughs> I mean, we could call them go lights. I try to call them traffic lights. I've tried to change my vocabulary so that I know that I got to have help. I got to watch out because if I don't watch what I say or what I'm thinking about, I'll pull myself down. So I try to call them traffic lights because I know I get upset if I have to wait. <laughs> but just different things, you know, it's like an alarm clock. <laughs> well, Maybe we should look at it some different way. I mean, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, well, he got up on the wrong side of the bed. The bed's going to affect your attitude today? Give me a break. You know, well, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's raining. It's not raining. It's too dry. It's just a, hey, just take your weather with you. <laughs> you know, just take your weather with you. Just rejoice in him. Uh, you know, wasn't too long ago, there was, it was flooding around here. We had too much water, you know. Now we could use some. You know, so... It, like they used to say in Oklahoma, if you don't like the weather, just wait a while. It'll change. So don't worry about that. Don't let that ruin your day. Don't let that ruin your life. Or that that just pounds on you so you can be so low by just these little things around you that when real suffering does hit, when it's not just a stoplight or something like that, when real suffering really does hit you, then, then you won't just be so easy just to push over. So prepare your attitude and then prepare physically. You know, these bodies are really, they belong to God. They're just on loan to us. Paul told Timothy uh, there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he said, you know, physical training uh, is of some value. So, you know, you don't have to put, you know, total emphasis on it, but he says physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all times or for all, all things. But it is of value. We need to take care of ourselves. 
You know, I mean, don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, and don't do stuff that, you know, if you're not supposed to be eating sugar, then don't eat sugar. You know, everybody's is made up differently, you know. And some people have trouble with, you know, eating this or eating that. So watch it. You got to watch it. You know, be a steward over your, be wise about it so that you don't bring on some suffering just by neglect and not, not paying attention to what you're doing. Boy, it's getting quiet in here now. I better get off of that eating stuff. <laughs> but we need to prepare so that when suffering comes, you can soar. The second thing that we need to do to soar while suffering is be patient in it. <laughs> oh, wow. Be patient in it. It's like the guy said, Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Patience. Wow. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Wow. Be joyful in hope. All right, there's that hope again. Patient in affliction. So just be patient. Things are going to change. Faithful in prayer. Pa the, the definition for the word patience is the capacity to tolerate delay. <laughs> the capacity to tolerate delay. Yeah, I wasn't born with much of it. <laughs> I've had to expand my capacity, and I think the Lord's helped me to expand that. My dad used to say, you know, you better get a better attitude or I'll give you a better attitude. <laughs> you know, so it's like the Lord said, you need to have more capacity or I'll make more capacity in you. And, uh, you know, I'll make you patient. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I'd rather do it than to have those things happen. Pa the capacity to tolerate delay or trouble or suffering without becoming angry or upset. How many patient people do we have in here? <laughs> To a certain extent, is that right? You know, so, that's, what, that's what my dad used to say. Well, I'm patient to a certain extent. It's like, well, how, how short a fuse is that? <laughs> yeah. uh, the capacity to tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without becoming angry or upset. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord. We need to develop that. If we're going to soar while we're suffering. We've got to be patient in that time as well. Look at James, the first chapter, verse 2. I want to read this out of the New King James Version, and then we can see how the, the NIV translates it as well. Because the, NIV, or the, the New King James uses the word patience. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Right. Not count it a little bit of joy or some joy or, or joy about this. He says all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Hmm, that is a tough process. The NIV translates that word patience into perseverance. He says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. It's the same thing. It's the capacity to tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting, becoming angry or upset. Patience. And perseverance kind of adds to it a little bit. In fact, it is a different Greek word that's used there. It's... it's um, 
To persevere means to continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. To continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. How many times, as, as soon as when trouble hits, man, that knocks us out, we're, we're down for the count. I mean, you know, don't go to church, don't see anybody, don't talk to anybody, we're just out of it, you know? It's like the devil said, well, that was an easy one. Especially if you start to do something for the Lord. You know, Satan doesn't like that. And so as soon as one little wind blows, is that going to knock us out? Or, or are we going to soar above those things and continue doing what we're supposed to do in spite of opposition or difficulty. And in fact, it ought to make us better. It really should. You know, I've learned, it just kind of upsets me. If, if I'm doing something for the Lord and, and the enemy comes and he, he brings some kind of trial on that line, that I get upset. I get this righteous indignation in me, and it just makes me want to just work harder and just to, push, just to show the devil that whatever he's trying ain't going to work. It's not going to work. I think we need to have a little bit of that in us, you know, to say, you know what, that's what you got. Is that all you got? Oh, let me just soar above that a little bit here. You look a lot, you look awful funny from up here, you know. In fact, he looks pretty small. If you soar on up higher, he, he doesn't look so big anymore. So count it all joy <laughs> when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance and this is, but let patience, let this perseverance have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, or mature. It matures us. Complete, lacking nothing. We need to be well-rounded, right? Um, so be patient during these times of trials. And when you, I, I heard a person say, when all you have left is Jesus, then Jesus is enough. I thought, well, that's true. That's true. Well, just be patient because if it seems like everything else is gone, and, but all you have is Jesus, then he's enough. My goodness. Sometimes we're not patient in the, in the trial or in the suffering, and we begin to try to do this and try to do that, and we waste time, we waste effort, we waste money. The woman that pressed through the crowd to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, she was sick. She had this sickness, and she'd spent all the money she had, spent all that she had, and uh, tried everything, then she came to Jesus. Sometimes we're like that. We don't have patience. We're going to do this. We're going to try this. We're going to try that. And, we're gonna try and we've wasted a lot of money. We wasted a lot of energy and everything else. Well, then when all that's gone, then we, then we turn to Jesus. And, you know, because we just got to get this thing wrapped up real soon. Just be patient. Sometimes some people become resentful. You know, they're not, they don't have that patience, and so they do become, uh, they don't have that capacity to, to tolerate, and so become angry or upset, get resentful to, toward God, or blame somebody else. You know, it's their fault. And, um, but we've got to work real hard for patience. It's a difficult thing. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, Paul tells them some things about this, and uh, picking up there in verse 3, he says, but we also rejoice in our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. That suffering produces that perseverance. We know that, you know what, this thing's going to pass. It'll pass. The first, you know, first storm that hits kind of maybe catches off guard, but after a while, you know, you kind of just roll with the punch. You just soar up above it. And he says, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Oh, there's that word that we read from the text that we started out with, those whose hope in the Lord are going to renew their strength. 
So when that hope comes, it's produced by this suffering, our strength is renewed. Hey, we're feeling better than we did when we started. It's like the guy said, I feel better now when I feel bad than I used to feel when I felt good. Look to your neighbor and tell him that real quick. <laughs> you know, when we get finished with this thing, we ought to come out better than we went into it. He says, but we also uh, rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Praise God. When you expect God to take care of the situation, it says that hope won't, disappear, won't, uh, won't uh, disappoint us. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They, those who have hope, they will mount up. They're sore on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Who? Those who have hope, hope in the Lord. George uh, Seville said that a man who is a master of patience is the master of everything else. Wow. That's how important that is. So we need to have patience in the midst of our suffering. That will cause us to soar. The third thing is, we only have four things that we're looking at. The third thing is uh, how to soar while suffering is to be prayerful through it. Be prayerful through it. James 5, 13 says, any one of you in trouble? Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. <laughs> pray. So, you know, when we're preparing for it, we're looking at his word, meditating upon his word. We're working on our attitude. We're watching, you know, not causing something to happen, maybe by just neglect physically and different things. And we're working on our patience as well. But you know what? We need to have a prayer life in the midst of suffering. Not, you know, sometimes people will just turn it on when things go bad, then that's when they pray. We used to meet at the church every morning at 6 o'clock for prayer. Did that for, oh, 15 years or so, and um, I kind of noticed a pattern. When people would, when things would go, be going wrong in people's lives, they'd show up for prayer. As soon as that passed, then they wouldn't come to prayer anymore, you know? And it's kind of come in and then, and then pass by and whatever. We need to develop a prayer life that really is there whether we're suffering or not, but then during the suffering, we need to be prayerful through it so that we continue really doing what we're conditioned to do. It's not something new. It's, it's not like you know, you have this emergency kit in your, in your car, but you don't know how to use it. <laughs> so the first time you have a problem, you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do with this? You know, and you, I mean, find this, like, read the instructions. Well, it might be a little too late by then. <laughs> need to be familiar with it before you get in that situation. Pray. Are you praying daily? Is it going to make a difference in your life? It should. Jesus told them in Luke 18, he told his disciples that, um, disciples, and he told them in a parable, he says, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. Be prayerful through this thing. You know, if Satan can get you to blame God for this, you know, uh, for our suffering, then we'll, we won't pray. Why? Because we're not going to communicate with God. We're just telling what we think you know, or something like that. We get mad at God, and that really separates us from God. Psalm 119, 71 says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Wow. That's what the psalmist said. It was good for me to be afflicted. Can we come out of a time of suffering and say, It was good for me to be afflicted? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. What's wrong with him? <laughs> you know. But he says, it was good for me to be afflicted because I learned your decrees. I learned more about you. I learned about your word that it really does work in situations and circumstances. 
See, when we come out of this thing soaring, then we can say, hey, it was good to have that storm because I found higher heights than I'd ever seen, experienced before. I could see further than I'd ever seen before. Wow. He said, I, I learned your decrees. God always has a purpose in what he allows to come. God doesn't bring the trial. In fact, James says, God is not tempted of evil, neither does he tempt any man with evil. So God's not the one that brings the trial. He allows it. Satan brings the trial. You've heard me say this before. Satan brings the trial to bring out the worst. God allows the trial to bring out the best. And so if we're prayer, being prayerful through this thing, first thing I start praying is what I need to learn. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm still working on this patience thing. <laughs> so, what I need to learn, I need to learn it now so this can be over with, you know. Let's get this thing over with. So I want to learn my lesson. I want to learn it now. But be prayerful through it. When we d discover what's going on, what purpose maybe that God could work in this thing, then, hey, you know, we're soaring over this. Romans 8, 28, uh, where, where Paul says that, and we know that in all things God works for the good, of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He works all things for our good. You know, prayer is discovering God's will, not trying to change his mind. So we need to be prayerful through the trial that, so we discover what his will is and, and during this trial, what we can learn, what we can do, what can be developed in us. And that comes from praying and talking to him. You know, just look, at, uh, look for a reason and seek God's purpose. So be prayerful through the suffering and you'll soar. So we've got to be prepared for the suffering. We've got to be patient in it. We've got to be prayerful through it. And the last thing is, is be productive because of it. You know, I figure this is kind of my reasoning. If the devil hits me with something and I end up producing more because of that trial than what I would have without the trial, I figure he was going to think, you know, long and hard before he brings something like that again. You know, can I be productive through this time of suffering? What can I do? What can I do for God? What can I accomplish because of this suffering? Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says this. Again, these are, this is written from prison. Philippians 1, verse 12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He said, yeah, I'm in prison. I was beaten. I was stoned. They left for dead. I'm sitting here in, in prison. But I want you to know, don't worry about it because what's happened to me is actually advanced the gospel. It's done more to advance the gospel because of what I've gone through than if I hadn't gone through it. Wow. Suffering may bring a new awareness of, of God's power and his presence in our, in our life. We see him work in ways that we've never seen him work before. I would have never known that God could heal until he healed me in some things. You know, I've never known that God was my su supplier unless I've gone through some financial situations and see God work financial miracles. You see, we never know that who God is in his power. We can maybe read about it, but we don't really know it, that we know that we know until we've gone through a difficulty and see that power present itself, manifest itself. You know, the, the eagle experiences higher heights, as I said a while ago, and he sees further than what he was, could before because of the storm that comes. Paul told him in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he was talking about while he was going through his suffering, what it had accomplished. And he says there in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, he says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 
So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He said these things that are, we're going through, they're just temporary. You know, we've got eternity before us. Compared to that, this is just temporary. And he says, and it's achieving for us an eternal glory that we're going to experience throughout all eternity. A character that's being developed. And so suffering, if it's used to help us to soar above, can be so productive in our lives. Soar while you're suffering. Suffering helps develop this compassion and understanding. I, you know, I would have never had the compassion for people that I have now from those that are hospitalized or whatever. I never you know, spent time in a hospital or experienced death of a loved one or various things that I look back to the things in my life that I've experienced has developed care, uh, compassion in me and, and understanding for that person that's going through those things. It can work for our good. And, it can, and God then can use that to work his good in somebody else through us. You know, and Satan, he, he's lost. What he brought for evil, God turned around and made it for good because it worked good for us in a sense that developed something in us and that character that was developed in us then can bless somebody else. You know, our example of faith and trust in God towards others, that if they see that, it's, it's going to place confidence in their heart as well when they're going through a difficult time. Paul told, uh, again there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul said, told Timothy, he said, set an example for uh, the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Set an example for others. And we need to do that. We really do need to do it. You know, he said that, you know, this part of us, this, this treasure in a sense that God's working, he says, we have this treasure, but it's in an earthen vessel. And Christ is in us, the hope of glory. But this treasure's in a, an earthen vessel, he says. And, um, in fact, he, it's there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, or earthen vessels, to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That God's the one that, that helps us and sustains us in difficult times. And he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's when you're soaring in the, in the difficult times. Um, in the times of suffering, you can soar above those things and you can be struck down but not abandoned. Amen? Praise God. Well, I want to close with this scripture in Isaiah chapter 43. Because we discover who God is when, and the times that we soar above, you know, on the storms of life. When we're soaring, we get a new glimpse of God as well. And Isaiah said this in, in Chapter 43, verse 1, he says, fear not. And this is what God is saying to us. Isaiah writes it down, but this is what God is saying to us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. So while we're going through troubles and trials and sufferings, what do we have to worry about? God redeemed us. We belong to him. We don't belong, we're not ours anymore. We're not ourselves. We belong to him. He's redeemed us. So he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Wait a minute. Let's take this up in the courts of heaven here. He says, I've summoned you by name. You are mine. Who do you belong to? When you're going through trouble and trial, hey, you know what? You're prepared for it. You know, know that God's with you through all things. Be patient in this thing. Be prayerful. Keep that communication line open and then get ready to be more productive in it. He says, you know, that you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's who I am. He says, you're mine. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's who you are. Don't worry about these things. Set your affection on things above, not on things below. When the trials come, learn how to soar, mount up with wings as eagles and soar above those things. And they'll pass. They pass. You talk to people that's gone through different things and this thing is, yeah, we went through it. It's, it's past. So we're not going to focus on those things. It's just temporary. This trial, this suffering is temporary. So I'm not going to focus so much on that. I want to focus on what's eternal and what God's going to do, what his word says about me, what can be developed in me during this time. And I'm going to move forward and move upward in him. Soar on wings as eagles. Amen? Can you stand with me this morning? I want to pray. I want to pray for you. There's a lot of people going through a lot of things right now. Maybe you're going through some things right now. And it's, it's so easy to talk about it soaring when you're not in a storm than when you're in the midst of the storm, right? But you know what? This is the time to talk about it. This is the time to, to put our faith and our expectation in the Lord. So I want you to do that today. If you're going through some difficulties, some challenges, and uh, you're wondering where all the, all the answers are, don't worry about those things. Jesus is the answer. Don't worry about it. You know, you know sometimes the answers that would come anyway in the natural... When it's a supernatural solution, it doesn't matter what these answers are down here because God supersedes those things, amen? So we need to look to him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, amen. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you right now that we can come to you with confident assurance that you love us, you've redeemed us, you've called us by name, called us out of darkness into light, and that no matter what comes our way, that if we learn how to soar, in the times of suffering, then we can rise up. And in fact, it can be a time when our strength is renewed. Our spiritual strength and fervor, our faith can be renewed, and we can come out of this thing stronger than what we went into it. Lord, we want to put our trust in you. Where our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, let me ask you today, if you're going through some struggles right now, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm going through some, tr some difficult times. Amen. Amen. Just hold them up there for a second. Amen. I'm going to challenge you today to soar. I'm going to challenge you to soar. Why not? Why not? Why not just leap off of that rock like the eagle does and go ahead and soar? If not, you could be crushed by the storm. One person said, as a believer, you can be washed, but you can't be drowned. You know? Why not soar? Why not put this into, into effect today? Begin to praise and rejoice in this thing. Say, God, I'm going to see you show, show yourself strong in my situation, my circumstance. But like the, the, the three Hebrew children, when they went into the fire, they said, you know what? Our God's able to deliver us out of this. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow to you, old king. You know, that's the kind of attitude you need to have. Realize that God's a good God and he loves you. He doesn't bring evil upon you. And so you need to just get, get your confession right and just like, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was talking to the king, just talk to, the, to your adversary. The devil say, you know what? God's able to pull me out of this thing right now, but if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing my knee to you. I'll just continue to soar. I'll soar up here and just rest in faith until God sees fit, until that storm passes. Amen. Father, I pray 
that you would increase faith today. Let faith arise today, Father, from the hearing of your word for each one of these that are going through these struggles and trials and difficulties. Father, they will soar on wings like eagles. Father, their, their strength is renewed in you. Hallelujah. Father, I believe for you to just intervene. Thank you that you are our supplier. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. You're our righteousness. You're our sanctification, our counselor, our peace. You're everything that we need. Father, just as Peter said, don't be surprised at the painful trials that you're suffering as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed with his glory when his glory is revealed. Let me tell you, God's glory, his splendid character, his power, his wealth, his authority is going to be displayed. It's going to be revealed in this thing. Job came out and he, he got double on the other end of it. You come out of this thing soaring, I tell you, God's glory is going to be revealed. His power, his wealth, his splendid character is going to be revealed in this thing. Father, I thank you for it right now. I'm in agreement for your will to be done, Father. We break every assignment that Satan has sent and surrender to your will right now. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity with in heaven, maybe you've heard about Christ, you've heard, you know, various things, but you have never really accepted him and you never really received him as your Lord and Savior. When you think of death and dying, maybe question marks are there because you're not assured. If that's you today, don't leave this place today with that unassurance. God loves you. He called you by name. He's got something for you. And he, wants to, he wants you to, to know him and to know his plan for you. And if you're not sure today, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I'm not sure if I'm a child of God, I'm not sure that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I'm just not sure. Anybody here? Anybody here? Maybe you're here today and you are a, a believer, but you've just kind of seemed like you strayed away from God. Like a little kid in the grocery store, sometimes you turn around like, where'd mom go? You know, maybe you just kind of woke up and found yourself away from God and you want to come home. You want to renew that relationship. And maybe that's you. Maybe while nobody's looking around, just between you and God, just raise your hand and say, that's me today. Lord, I, I just want to come home to you. I, I want a closer walk with you. I want, I want a closer walk with you today. Amen. 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 Well, Father, you see these hands today, and you know the desires of our heart. I pray, Father, that you would do that. You said if we would draw near to you, you draw near to us. We're taking that step, coming toward you. We're going to make those steps to, to come to you, Lord, and draw close to you. We know then that you'll do your part. Lord, I just pray for your blessings to rest upon your people today. Father, that there's such a need for light to shine in darkness in all areas of our life, those that we come in contact with, our family, those that we work with, our community. The people are suffering all around us. And Father, we need to be that light and let our suffering be something that can bring praise and glory to you that somebody else can have hope. Lord, let us be a witness for you. Let us be light for you. And Father, I just pray. I pray that you bless, Father, 
bless each household, each business that's represented here today, Father. And we're going to give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. Shake somebody's hand. If you don't know them, introduce yourself to them. And God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.